interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is the Awakening Podcast with Michael Tabisky. Hey, Awakening Podcast listeners. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit even from your the podcast right from your phone or your computer. Your choice. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Hey, 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 everyone. Yep, it's me, Michael Kabiski. I'm coming at you here from my house, actually. <laughs> yeah, we got a special podcast for you today. We got a brand new type of podcast. We're doing something different, something new, changing it up a little bit. And it is an interview with Jack Vale, the one. The only Jack Vale. You can check out his stuff on YouTube, Facebook, and more. Check out jackvale.com. Check that out. It's awesome. Uh, he is awesome, and I was happy to interview him. And so blessed to interview him so much. God had his hand totally on this interview. And I was so much appreciate him, his team, and everything that they've done to help get this interview down and going. And I uh, just want to thank you, Jack, for being on this podcast. All right, guys. So sit back, relax, get some popcorn or something, and uh, listen to this exciting podcast. Mr. Jack Vale. So this is the very first time I've decided to switch up my podcast. Uh, for the very first time, I decided to bring somebody else on this podcast. And so on this episode, I'm going to interview a very special uh, guest. And he's a comedian. He's a prankster. But most importantly, he's a Christian. And uh, read his bio. Jack is an American actor and producer who is known as for creating hidden camera prank shows. He has been uploading pranks on YouTube in in 2007, and the worldwide success of these videos led to full-time career in, in entertainment. After various production companies licensed his prank clips for their TV shows, he was contacted by Dick Clark Productions to produce and star in a new uh, season of bloopers, 
with uh, regular with regular host Dean Kane. The show lasted 40 episodes. About two years later, he and his family signed a deal with reality reality <laughs> relatively media Relative, for their own re uh, yeah there you go <laughs> media for their own reality show which aired on HLN for one season jack produced the series recently he worked with legendary producer director peter farley to create a new scripted tv show which was picked up by Fox. Jack is now developing a prank show for Oprah's new TV network, Circle, which is expected to be airing this year. Jack lives with his family near Nashville, Tennessee, and has multiple TV and film projects in development. He is now producing and starring in several dramatic and comedic films in the family and faith-based genres. He is also one of the most watched comedians on the internet with over 5 million fans on his social media platforms and more than 5 billion views worldwide. It's He has been featured on major networks from ABC, TBS, NBC, and shows such as Fox and Friends, Jimmy Kimmel, The Today Show, The View, The Doctors, and much more. Please give it up for my friend, Jack Vale. Welcome to the show, Jack. I'm glad to have you on. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Awesome. So before we get started, I'm going to do something very, very important that uh, I always like to do with my podcast, and that is pray. And um, I, want to, I want to pray for God um, to basically uh, pray that uh, God will be here in the midst of our conversation and then people really respond to the good news. Um, so I'll start. Okay. Lord, thank you for this time that we can have together, Father God, that um, you have you have given for us, um, God, to uh, speak and uh, just to, just to, that you're, we know that you're here in the midst of this, Father God, and in this conversation, Father God. Want it just to, uh, <laughs> got it, not be so uh, orderly and fashionably, Father God, but that you're here, Father God, that you are our strength and you're our comforter. And we thank you, Lord God. Thank you for Jack and for everything that he is doing, Father God, to, uh, to help bring joy to people, Father God. I thank you for that, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. So I guess the first question I have for you is, uh, when and where did you grow, grow up at? Lodi, California. Um, awesome. Little town, kind of in, uh, not too far from Sacramento. Um, so... Yeah, that was it. I I uh, I left there. I grew up in that town and and uh, left and moved to L.A. to make it big. Uh, when I was about seven, ooh, 18, 18, 19, something like that. And um, yeah, and so and then I was in L.A. for a few months, and I 
came back, decided it wasn't for me at that time. So mm. I came back home and, and, uh, yeah, so I was a part of a, you know, kind of a small, small town. Lodi's changed a lot. Everything's changed mm. a lot, but, uh, especially Lodi. Cool. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I, I don't know too much about Cal California. I've been to a few different places here and there, but I've been to, uh, Reading and Bethel church a few times. And, I, uh, I lived in Reading for a while too. Oh yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I've been to, of course, California, you know, Disneyland and stuff like that. And, uh, uh, San Diego, we went down there in 2016 for a conference. And so, okay, awesome. cool. Awesome. Okay. Uh, yeah. So maybe, uh, yeah. When did, when did you become a Christian and how did you become a Christian? It's a good question. I, I'm one of those guys that kind of always wished they had a incredible story, like this big story. Uh, I'm one of those guys. So I, you know, I remember feeling kind of sorry for myself when I was in high school. I'd hear all these stories about people getting saved and, you know, what it was like for them to transition, you know, from this dark life. And they finally saw the light and Jesus picked them up and <laughs> completely put them on a different path. And, um, I couldn't really relate to that because I was I was raised in church my whole life. I was kind of born, pretty much born in church, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I grew up as a kid in church, and when I was, uh, I used to sing actually. I would sing Christian songs at my church, and we we were part of this this pretty big church in Lodi, and um, I was I think three, believe it or not, when I first sang on stage. Oh wow! I don't, I don't remember it. But I heard about it from a lot of people and uh, I sang and then I, I kind of grew up in the church. So I was always in, involved in, you know, ministry and I would go from from um, to different churches in the area and I would I would sing. So when I hit like high hmm. school, and all that I was touring and, and different things. And, you know, even yeah. in my even in my adult life, I really Christian band um, called Big Daddy Weave. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, and I and I I opened for them a few times, and, hmm. and um, you know, so this is kind of right. That was right about the time that YouTube sort of started. That would have been like, you know, well, YouTube started in two thousand five. I launched my account, I think, in two thousand seven. So the Big Daddy Weave stuff was probably like two thousand ten, nine or ten, something like that, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and then you know the the comedy stuff kind of started to take off for me and. And, um, it's, it's always been an interesting, it's been an interesting, um, experience for me because I always felt like God had his hand on my life to do something in ministry. So that made sense to me at the time because I was preaching and hmm. singing and I was in ministry and, uh, but then you know, I, something pivoted at some point and I started to make these videos on YouTube and I, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, and I had a great time doing it, but people would send me these emails and, and, uh, messages sometimes on social media. And, uh, I'd go, I mean, I'm reading about all these people that are watching some of my videos that I'm making and, and they've had some kind of an impact on them whether they were in the hospital or dealing with the losses of a loved one or depression or, you know, what have you. Yeah. 
And I would read this stuff and I go, oh my gosh, you know, these people, wow. And so it took me a little while, but I think I started to realize in right about that period of time, maybe the early 2000s or something that I just kind of, I thought maybe this is what God has me doing. Like maybe, hmm. you know, somehow he has me making people laugh. Cause the thing that I loved about it was that every time I would make a fart sound or, or uh, do something silly in public. It would bring people kind of, um, I don't know. So their demeanor changed, you know, <laughs> their demeanor would just change. And all of a sudden, and now you're talking to somebody, you're having a real conversation with them. And so it's almost like, like an icebreaker. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've had experiences, you know, where you, you do a prank on somebody or you just act like a goofball around somebody. And all of a sudden, the person who you thought was socially awkward and, and sort of like didn't want to talk to anybody. Uh, now they're, you're talking to them and you're having a real conversation with them. I've had pranks, you know, sometimes they end up where you're just praying for somebody <laughs> you get to yeah. talk about their life and minister to them in some way. So, you know, I've always said, if God could use uh, a donkey, he could use me. Cause, uh, the two are one and the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that um, that video. Um, what really inspired me, actually, um, to even, I guess, uh, contact you and just to, um, I guess, friend you and get kind of get to know you more was actually of that uh, the video with the lady where you were uh speaking to her at the, you were pranking her at first and then you were uh speaking to her at to the at walmart and um you you prayed for her and that really really touched me it was man that was i'm like i'm like wow I, you know i watched some of your videos before and i'm like i didn't realize that you were a believer and i was like oh that's awesome i i just love that and that's something I love about you um it just really touched me man thank you it's awesome thank you that's 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 good to hear and and uh yeah it's you know it's great i mean you every you know you can take everything everything with you that you experience in life is like replaceable and there's so much tangible stuff and it's all just yeah. You realize it's all just stuff. It's all just stuff. So true. Uh, until you're able to, to somehow to communicate with people, talk to people. I don't, I don't know what happened, but at some point there's been this weird shift in society where if you pay attention, you go in Target or Walmart or Walmart's my, that's my place, you know? Yeah. Uh, but you, you walk in there and so many people are like, like tunnel vision. They're going, yeah. they're careful, picking so out the stuff and they, go and they check out and they're out of here you know you don't really think that you're going to meet a stranger when you walk into a store or go out in public you just you're there because it's you or you're with your family or you know friends or whatever and so those relationships are really uh important because those are those are every opportunity that you have to uh, plant a seed to share the gospel to to um you know get to know people is really important. I mean, even if nothing drastic happens from that moment, I mean, how great is it? Yeah. That the person's going to have 
a memory. They're going to go home. They're going to tell their family and friends. Like, you know, I met this guy today. Something really weird happened. But you know, <laughs> they're laughing about it, you know, and they're kind of, yeah. being, you know, happy about it. And I, I like, uh, you know, I like bringing joy to, to people if I can. So. It's awesome. Um, one thing uh, that I saw too, which really, which really was really cool, is that um, I saw that you were uh, best friend or personal friends with Carmen. And um, that kind of drew me to you as drew me to you as well. Um, I grew up listening to Carmen when I was a kid. Um, my brother and I, we would even uh, reenact different things that um, Carmen Carmen did. Like uh, we would reenact uh, Satan by the dust. Um, my brother would dress up in like these my dad's cowboy boots and he would do it. And uh, but um, yeah, I just. Uh, yeah, how did you become friends friends with Carmen? Uh well so uh last year it was I think July, beginning of July. Um I went to my my buddy sent me a text message and it was this little social media flyer or something and it said he was going to be in this town it was about an hour from where I live. Hmm. And uh it, his text just said you want to go? And, uh, I'm like, it's an hour away. I said, I'm in, let's go. <laughs> and, um, so, so we went and, uh, when we got there, his road manager spotted me in the, in the crowd and, um, he came to me and, uh, sat next to me and, <laughs> Asked me my, what my interest was, you know, in Carmen and stuff like that. I guess he didn't expect to see me there or something. And then, uh, you know, we just, we got to talking and he started to talk about his life with him and, you know, what his day-to-day was and what the experience was like. And I'm just sitting here like, because when I was a kid, dude, I, Carmen was like, you know, he was the Elvis of Christian music, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, and I was always so... I don't know. I always felt a little tenderhearted toward the Lord because in church, I'd see people going up. See, those were the days back. Now, you might still have this in your church, but those were the days when you had something called an altar call. Yeah, yeah. Altar yeah. calls, you hardly hear about them anymore. Uh, now, maybe sometimes they're just called something else. But back then, everybody knew what an altar call was. And you just, it was real simple. It was an opportunity to change your life if you, if you, felt that nudge and you felt like you were going to give your heart to the Lord. And so you Carmen concerts were like that, you know, you knew that there was a moment in every single show that he did. He brought things down. He would sing. I feel Jesus or something. Yeah. People would come down to the front in droves, man. I mean, that guy, he was so. And he just, knew how to knew how to do it and even more than that i think he was so um susceptible to the holy spirit's guidance and direction that he yeah. was just kind of like this isn't about me as much of a showman as he was that was that was getting people in the door and having fun and and all that he he really it with him it was always about souls always yeah always That's about right. It was always his main concern. It was always how many people are going to get saved tonight. That's why he did free concerts because he didn't want money 
to be, if you think about this, it's going to blow your mind. He didn't want money to be something that prevented people. Sorry, my dog's barking. Over. That's, that's cool. <laughs> uh, to prevent somebody from coming to know the Lord. So he's like, look, I'm, I'm a messenger of the gospel. Why am I going to charge people to come in here? So yeah. early on in his career, you know, he went against, he went against the, 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 um, the standard, the music industry standard yeah. was, you the know, norm, you yeah. tickets, you got to sell seats, you got to, you know, this, that, and the other. And, uh, he just wasn't having it. It didn't last long. And he's like, I can't do this. And he stopped. And, and, uh, because of that, God really kind of, you know, blessed him and really brought more attention to him. And the thing that I love about that story is that he, he loved to say, I don't think I've answered your question, by the way. Oh, I will, that's cool. I, I will answer your question. Yeah. Um, but he would say, you know, the Bible says that Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Well, the reason, yeah. the reason for that is because we're, we're his creation. If we're doing what he called every single one of us to do, which is lift up the name of Jesus, of course he's going to bring it. The Bible says he's going to do it. So yep. of course he's going to bring these people over to you. Because why? Because that's the ultimate goal. He created us to have a relationship with him and through that relationship, tell the world about him so that we can bring more people to him. So it makes sense. That Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. He's telling us, his creation, if you will lift up my name, I will draw more people in because the more that come, the more come. So uh, that, was so something, that was something that always stood out to me about Carmen. Uh, he constantly went against the music industry standard, whether it was selling tickets, uh, charging for admission or whatever it was. He, he knew the system. He knew what he was called to do. And he, he never swayed to do anything else. Getting to your question, uh, we show up at this thing. And the next thing you know, after I'm talking to him, I don't know how I got way off track, by the way. That, That's cool. <laughs> Love should, it. Should have came a little bit later. But, uh, oh, I know what it was. I was telling you that uh, it it this moment of sitting down getting to know him meant so much to me because as a kid, he impacted my life so much. And that's what I noticed as a kid. So next thing you know, me and my buddy were, were sitting there on Carmen's um, tour bus and uh, oh. talking to a couple of people you know, in the crew or whatever. And we could hear some commotion in the back of the bus, you know, and Carmen was in there getting changed. And uh, he had this thing that he would do. Um, which is, uh, you know, at the end of a concert, he's sign autographs, take pictures, that kind of thing. And But before he did that, he didn't want to do it all sweaty and stuff. So he'd <laughs> go to the bus, change, cool off, get something to to uh, drink or snack on or something like that, and then come back out and, and meet people. Well, he shows up, he pops his head in, you know, and I'm uh, he's kind of still buttoning up his shirt, you know. And... Uh, I see him out of the corner of my eye and I'm just like, this is amazing. <laughs> you know, I, just, I, I wasn't quite sure what was going on. I was like, this is crazy. That this is happening, you know? And um, so next thing you know, he sits down and we start to talk and uh, we got to know each other really quick. Um, 
And it was funny because, you know, I guess you, you, you kind of hope somebody that's impacted you, if you've made a name for yourself or, or had some accomplishments, um, this is my, my human nature showing what I'm about to say here. You kind of hope that maybe if you ever get to meet that person, maybe they know who you are. So I remember sitting there, I'm going, maybe, you know, what if he's seen my videos or what if, you know, and he didn't. He had no idea who I was. And, uh, and uh, a couple of people on the bus did. But he would look at them and he'd be like, you know, like this guy, really, you know. And uh, so we got to know each other. We sat there and talked to him on the bus for about an hour. And uh, next thing you know, we agreed that we, this was a relationship we need, needed to continue because we, we clicked immediately. We really cool. hit it off. Uh, I wanted to do some stuff with them and we, we were brainstorming some fun ideas on how to collaborate and everything like that. And then he goes, Hey, uh, you got my number. <laughs> and I go, uh, his manager goes, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. He goes, no, 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 come here. So I walk <laughs> kind of over a little closer to him. He tears out, he has a Wendy's food bag on his table and he <laughs> rips a piece of paper off from it and he grabs a Sharpie and he writes down with a Sharpie. The, his uh, his number. He says, "Call me so we can keep talking." I said, "Okay." Within a couple of days, he's sending me all this stuff, pictures and and uh, like uh, family photos. And I mean, it was awesome. Aww. I felt like I was getting to know him through what he was saying and pictures and all this stuff. It was so cool. And so we went back and forth, and he started to tell me some things that just blew my mind. And um, about his story, growing up, family stuff, uh, ministry stuff, just a lot of things that were going on. And I was like, this guy has a story. I could not believe his story. I mean, it, it was incredible. So that's how I met him. We continued the conversation, um, agreed to start working on a project together. Cool. And um, I'm, there's, another, there's another movie that I'm, I became a producer. I probably should have said that. So I started producing and TV and film and stuff like that a few years ago. Oh, nope. <laughs> this, that was really loud too. <laughs> Hang on one. Yeah, no problem. Um, call you right back. That was Carmen related, by the way. Huh. Uh, so this project is really something that has just kind of, you know, taken off. So without giving you all the details and nuts and bolts and everything that's kind of unimportant for this, um, we, we just kind of had a lot in common. The thing that I was the most impressed with was that first night that we talked, we were on a completely different subject and he stopped the conversation uh, almost abruptly and he goes he looks around on the bus like this and he goes hey anybody know how many people came to christ tonight <laughs> and i thought we were on a different path we were talking about something else and all of a sudden that was at the top of his head <laughs> and uh that was to me i was like wow i don't know who does that anymore but that was his concern. Like he wanted to know how many people accepted the Lord. And, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. 
so, you know, the rest of the year, we, we, we would get on the phone and we would talk for three hours sometimes just going over his life story and some different things. And hmm. uh, long story short, we ended up with uh, uh, our attorneys. We, we got on the phones with our attorneys and they started working out the details for this big uh, thing that we were going to do. And, and uh, Carmen was so funny because he would be so impatient. You know, <laughs> he, he was so excited. Then he was just, he would call me. He'd be like, you hear anything from, from, uh, from Roger? <laughs> I'm like, nah, did you hear anything from Sam? <laughs> and uh, so anyway, finally we worked everything out. It took about a month, five weeks maybe. Finally we finalized everything. And then we were, we were off to the races and um, putting it all together. So that's, awesome. you know, that's how. We got to know each other really well. He went in for... Um, surgery uh should have been kind of a minor thing and uh stayed in the hospital for about a month and was really excited to get out of there and get back out on the road and finish this project that we started um so and then he and then you know that's that's where he stayed and uh february 16th he passed away and it was very unexpected and nobody saw it coming and it was just i mean they were actually getting his discharge ready. He was mm-hmm. supposed to go home uh-huh. the next day and, and all of a sudden his heart just stopped. I mean, it was like, you know, they think it might've been a blood clot or something like that that happened, some kind of a complication. But I will say it was kind of, you know, we kept in touch through all, all that time and everything. And he was telling people about the, telling people about this and everything. So anyway, that might be more information mm-hmm. than you asked me, but yeah it's wow Ooh. uh all right uh how did you start doing pranks and uh i think i may have already asked you that kind of or we kind of answered a little bit but uh where did you come up with the the pooter <laughs> well you know i can't take sole credit for being the inventor of the pooter the whoopee cushion came out in the 20s i think yeah uh, it's really not much different than the whoopee cushion and when i was i don't know it at some point in the 2000s i was at this little magic slash gag shop in hollywood and uh i found this little gadget that i would play with and it looked similar to the pooter i got one right here this is what it looks like <laughs> And it pretty much looked the same, a little different color and stuff. And I, uh, I just loved it. I put it in my hand. I squeezed it. It worked. Didn't take any batteries or nothing. I'm like, I love this thing. I played with it for two or three years. Finally, it broke. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I, I decided I couldn't find another one. So I called every gag shop I could think of. Nobody knew. The company went down under. Something happened, and they couldn't mm-hmm. get them anymore and all this. I'm like, geez. So I, I had my lawyer figure out the patent situation and, you know, look into all the details and stuff. And finally I, I looked around for a, for a, uh, um, manufacturer to design my own and, and make it a little different. It fits in the hand a little better, make it better sound. And, uh, and so I did. So before I had a YouTube channel or anything, I had this, this product and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get it into every gag shop, every novelty shop <laughs> in the country. It's going to be great. And the thing that I liked about it was, you know, you could just hold it in your pocket and give it a squeeze. And the thing that struck me was 
every person that I would do that around would, would be shocked and laugh. And it just felt right to me. It felt like it was something that makes people laugh. This is incredible. This is great. And uh, so that's kind of how it happened. And then I needed a way to market it and get the word out. So I started making YouTube videos, you know, doing hidden camera stuff. And it, it sort of took off from there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I guess uh, our last question, we can go on from there. Uh, what's next for, for you and uh, for uh, Jack Bale Films? Um, there's a lot going on. You know, you almost need... Um, I would talk to Carmen about doing interviews sometimes, and he, he didn't <laughs> like to just do an interview just to do one. He really preferred, he, he's like, well, there's got to be something going on. Like, you got to have a book or a new song or something to talk about, you know? So, um, in this case, there's just a lot going on at once. Um, mm. I started a, you know, I started a TV network and it gets launched next month, and it's just, family-friendly comedy. And uh, you could even call it the family-friendly comedy network. It's called the Unveiled Network. Um, and all of my content there is there. We have licensed shows and original shows and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's it. Your app. <laughs> you got it on the app. Nice. Okay, good. Um, leave a review if you if, remember yeah. to leave a review on there too. That'd be good. Uh, but not if it's anything less than five stars, okay? <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude, ten stars all the way. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's that. But I'll tell you the number one thing that I'm really the most passionate about is this Carmen, um, this Carmen thing. It was, uh, you know, we've been we've been working on it together, and that's what the exciting thing is for me is we've been working on it together since uh, the beginning. It was his number one focus. It was the focus of the thing he thought about up until the very end. And I promised him this would continue and it's going to continue. And, and um, there's something coming up here really, really quick. Um, and it's, 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 it's exciting. This Carmen thing is going to, you're going to find out what it is really, really soon, but it's going to be probably this month. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, dude, it's just, it's been awesome to learn and get to know you. Get yeah, to know pleasure you more. to get to know um, you too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm out of questions, but um, okay. anything you want to say? Yeah. Or, oh, oh, one question, actually. Maybe I'm not out of questions. <laughs> uh the one of the questions the question i had which i accidentally skipped over was what's the important why is it important to have the joy of the lord in your life well to be honest i i, I it's hard for me to imagine a lack of a lack of that in anybody's life i don't know how some of these people deal with half the stuff that they deal with without having the joy of the lord in their life because Without it, you're just, um, 
it's almost like it's almost like you're dead. Like you can't really you can't really understand what living is unless you have that. And it's not a complicated thing. Having the joy of the Lord in your life is really not a complicated thing. It doesn't mean you're happy all the time. It means you have a peace. It means you have yeah. His peace. And the only way to have it is to accept Him into your heart. Um, lately, I've heard a couple of pastors, people talk about how we're all God's children. Um, and I, we, this could be a whole like theological thing <laughs> that we don't need to get into right now, but yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this. I mean, the Bible, I think is the Bible. I mean, it, it lays it out very, very simply. Yeah. You're going to have that peace. If you're going to have that joy, there's only one way to have it. There's only one way to get it. We were born in sin. So you, you have to accept Christ into your heart. Number one, to really become yeah. one of his. There's no, there's no other way. The thing that some people don't know is once you do that, you have this overwhelming sensation of peace and joy that you just can't help. It just, it's just there. And so it's hard to imagine functioning you know, with, uh, without having that. So I don't, know. I don't know how much that answers your question, but that's how I feel. Yeah. Awesome. It's awesome. Anything else you'd like to? No, I don't, I don't know. Elaborate so. at all. Okay. No. Awesome. Awesome. Well, great. Nice talking to you. All right. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll end uh, end in prayer. Which, okay. Lord, thank you, thank you so much, God, for this time that uh, you've allowed, uh, God, for this interview, and thank you for Jack and everything that he's doing, Father God that he's doing for you, Lord Jesus. I just pray that you would bless him, Father God, in all that he does, everything that he puts his hand to, Father God, everything that he, um, wherever he walks, Father God, wherever he, he goes, Father God, and whoever he talks to, Lord, just I pray for a special blessing and anointing for him, Lord Jesus. Um, just thank you, God, for him and everything he's doing, Lord Jesus. Bless him, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for listening to The Awakening Podcast with Michael Kavisky. Please like, subscribe, and share this podcast to all your social media platforms. Remember, one love, one hope, one God. Have a blessed day.